anybody else wants to come with me, this moment will be the moment of something real and fun and inspiring. And we will do it together. Hello and welcome to Cruising Together, the show that is real, the show that is fun, the show that is inspiring. I am a host. Oh wait, I, I, I jumped over your cue, didn't I, Chris? And we will do it together. Hold on, let's do that again. It's, oh, it's too late. Nope. Hello and welcome to Cruising Together, the show that is real, fun, and, and we inspiring. Will do it together. Oh, then you stepped on mine. Okay, hold on, it's been a while. Let's do it one more time. All right. Hello and welcome to Cruising Together, the show that is real, the show that is fun, the show that is inspiring. And we will do it together. Perfect. That, you know what? You stuck that landing like a champ. Thanks. That voice you just heard was our host, Chris Jeruso. Hello. You're going to introduce, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the other voice you've been hearing is another host, Greg Shegel. Yes. Now, clearly, we've been... Uh, absent for some time and no ring rust evident no it looks like it's like we haven't missed a beat it's like Cle- we've been doing this clearly we have been absent and yet we've not missed a beat it's like riding a bicycle that's a that's a vehicle with two wheels it's even more like riding a tricycle which a tricycle, is even easier three wheels it's like a duck swimming you ever have a tricycle I did. I had, a, I had a tricycle. I had a big wheel. I had a bicycle. I had a big wheel. I don't think I ever had a tricycle, but I had a big I wheel. I think I had a tricycle. I mean, I probably did. It was the 70s. Everybody had one. It was all the rage. You know, I, I, th- I can't help thinking back to the old big wheel days now that we're also talking about Mission Impossible. Well, are we talking about? Are we already talking about Mission well, Impossible? Well, th- that, that, is, that is the movie we will be discussing. Yes. Well, specifically Mission Impossible Fallout. It contains... Chase scenes, yes. Motorcycle chases and, yeah. and such. And I recall a time when I was on my big wheel. My friend down the street had his big wheel. We're going down the road. He's like zigzagging, swerving, one one side of the road to the other, like a maniac. Sure. There's two. I mean, they seem like grown men to me. They were probably teenagers riding ten speed bikes. Sure. And they're just like riding the edge of the street. So we have the like the whole street, and he just veers. He just slams right into one of them, my See, friend. Yeah, and I'm thinking like, why? Like, what is wrong with him? Right. So then he's they just keep going. As they, slam, I, they were unaffected by the big wheel slamming into them. They were unaffected, but he's crying. Okay. Now, sure. My dad comes out. Classic. Classic. My dad fashion loses <laughs> yeah. his mind. Of course. My friend tells him. Yeah, these guys hit me on their bikes. So your friend's a liar. Yeah, and okay. we're like five, so I, I don't have the eloquence, the grand eloquence of a co-host of a podcast yeah. that you're hearing now. Yeah. In my head, I'm just like, this is not good. Like, this is he's, they've, these men have been unjustly accused. Yeah, yeah a crime they it, didn't it, commit. But it was too, but before I, didn't I could kill even, my wife. Before I could even think such a thing. Yeah. Yeah. My dad is in the his VW bug driving all over the neighborhood looking for these guys. And I'm just in my head. I'm like, I, I hope he doesn't find them because yeah. they're 100 percent innocent. Yeah. Your dad didn't even assess that they could have been this kid yeah. could have been a dirty, stinking liar. Where's that kid now? I don't know. But 
that's why this that's why big wheels are like are that's why this is like riding a big wheel. That's why the big wheel triggered you yeah. to that memory. That's right. Hashtag not all tricycles. <laughs> I think all of them. Yeah, because well, we're talking about big wheels. Not all 10 speeds, though. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, so we're talking about Mission Impossible Fallout. With this show, here's what the show is. We haven't even told anybody, anybody what this show is. It's called Cruising Together. Here's what we do. Chris and I have endeavored and succeeded at this point in watching every single movie Tom Cruise has acted in. In, in order. In order. Episode by episode. Uh, movie by movie. There we go. Movie by movie. Not a beat been missed. And and we've watched them all. We've seen them all. And we've and the most recent movie starring Tom Cruise is Mission Impossible Fallout. Now we do this all but two times with a guest, and I think it's high time we introduce our guest. Let's let's get to it. Our guest hails from the South, lives in the West. And is joining us on the east. A veritable Mission Impossible. How do we work in some sort of northern reference? I guess we're in the northeast. Okay. He did briefly live in the north. He's tall. In the northwest. <laughs> He's he is tall. tall. North yes. is like up, right? North is up. Yes. Towards the North Pole versus the South Pole. Right. Santa Claude is in which one of those? The north, right? He's everywhere. No, but he lives up He up lives up in the north. He lives in the pole. Is there an anti-clause that lives in the South Pole? Is that Krampus? Is that is the Krampus in the South Pole? Because that would be great. That would be like polar opposites, literally. Would be. I wonder if our guest knows. Let's bring our guest in. He is a uh, talented writer. He is a podcaster himself. He's a real smart fella. I With like a keen eye on things. He's a modern-day Renaissance man, would you say? He is a modern-day... Danny DeVito in Renaissance Man. <laughs> is Danny DeVito the Renaissance Man, or is is um, what's his face, the Joe other Pesci? Guy? Not Joe, because he's with honors. Wait, what was the other name you just said? Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you thinking of? I'm thinking of Joe Pesci. <laughs> Joe Pesci's with honors. <laughs> Danny DeVito was, is the Renaissance Man. I was thinking man. of Brandon Fraser. Like I thought he. I was think he's in both of those. Is he? He might be. And it's no, Brendan Fra- and it's Brendan Fraser. I you know who's gonna have all the answers. If this was a video podcast, I would do the clap that he's famous. The Brendan for. Fraser clap, which we discussed on episode Legend many moons ago. Go check it out, folks. You'll get a kick out a of it. A recurring theme on the Tom Cruise podcast. It's a num it's a number of several recurring themes. But let's bring our guest into this. I feel like he has answers to some of these questions. Let's begin introducing him. <laughs> David Letterman. Oh, my goodness. That would be. Oh, there he is. This is David Brothers, everybody. Round of applause. I like how you made me sound sort of like the Ultimate Warrior at the first part of that intro. And then like an evil Santa Claus uh, by the end. (laughs) Yeah. Also like the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, actually, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything to Krampus being from the South Pole? First question for you, David. I think Brothers. that if he's not, he should be. Right. But I think that Krampus was invented before, like people found out that the world was round. Oh, so they didn't have. But the, okay, so did Santa Claus come from the North Pole before they knew the Earth was round? I thought that was like Coca Cola added that to the legend, like um, the red costume. 
you might be right. I know they added the polar bears to the Santa, to the Santa Claus legend. My takeaway is uh, our guest for the next episode needs to be a flat earther. Yeah. <laughs> or Santa Claus. Both. How about Santa Claus? Okay. We could, we could write him a letter. <laughs> I write him a letter once a year anyway. In your wish list, can you put the last item or the first item? I don't know what the, how it works hierarchically. For Christmas this year, I would like you to be a guest on our podcast. But specify which one. Our cruising together yeah. podcast. And tell him that like, even say, if he doesn't see the movie. And I was like, don't, don't be scared that my co-host is, is Jewish. Right. Yeah, he, I'm sure he's going to be fine with that. In fact, it, yeah, it's like less likely he'll be he'll be bum rushed for autographs. No, I wouldn't bother him at all. I no selfies. Hold, here's the thing: I'd ask nothing of him. Really, exactly. you wouldn't take advantage yeah. just a little bit. I mean, I'd ask questions, but I wouldn't want anything from him. I don't need a, a wooden toy. I'm good. You've got Hanukkah Harry for that. I'm a no, but not even that. Adults don't like Hanukkah. Is nothing. Hanukkah is for children. <laughs> if you. You say so. I do say so. No wonder, you, no wonder you get nothing but eight days of coal. Yeah. Well, we call them potato pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> what were the other questions? Big wheels and tricycles. Did you have them, David? Uh, I had a big wheel. I did not have a tricycle, but I kind of have the opposite story that Chris told of someone getting hit and getting away with it. Or someone hitting someone else and someone else and getting away with it. Ooh. Let's hear it. Yeah, so if you're I, willing to share. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Uh, not that if my dad shows up in this story, that's going to be wild. <laughs> that he would basically be beats me up at the end of it. No, I just got a uh, like a big boy bike for the first time with like the handbrakes instead of the pedal brakes. Sure. And I was riding around in my neighborhood, like super sleepy, uh, like quiet place. There's like old ladies power walking. And I go down like a slight incline in a neighborhood. And I pick up a bunch of speed and I forget how the brakes work. And I'm careening down this hill towards these three old ladies who are power walking and they're like 90s windsuits or like windbreaker jumpsuits. Sure. And I'm like, I can't hit these old ladies. I'm like maybe 10, 12 years old. I'm like, I can't do this, you know, so I'm going to have to swerve and hit the curb. But just over the curb is a brick privacy fence. So I basically wipe out, hit the curb and slam into a fence in front of three old people my first time on a bike with uh, handbrakes. And then, like, I limp home and have to, like, explain exactly what happened, and it was very (laughs) embarrassing. These old people didn't help you out? Uh, They were very surprised. (laughs) I don't remember them, like, helping me up or anything like that, but uh, I don't think they saw me coming was the trouble. Right. Did they, like, like, use their hands to fan themselves? Like, whoa. (laughs) My goodness, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was that was probably in the South, right? When you were in the South. Yeah, it was in Georgia for sure. And then Chris's dad yeah. came out and carried me home and was, you know, like <laughs> gave me a hand, like a hero. Yeah, put you in the back seat of the VW Bug. Yeah. <laughs> See, you're you're mentioning the handbrakes on a bike reminds me of at least one time where it happened, where I hit the handbrakes and it hit the front wheel brake and I went soaring. Oh, I'm so afraid of that. Like up and over, and you you, know, you scrape your palms. Yeah. And I have a, another situation. I was on a bike, uh, and I was pedaling. And, and, you know, sometimes you're riding a bike, and you can sort of, like, wobble right and left. Like, mm-hmm. really sort of put some lean on that bike. I don't know what happened. In theory, looking back, I think my pedal hit the ground. Because I know I was riding this bike, wobbling right and left. And I was just ended up in, like, a, a, a thatch of bushes. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, I was okay. I did a similar thing where I was generally very conscious of which which pedal was was closer to the ground when i would put the lean on i was out delivering my newspapers 
and I didn't have the right pedal down. I didn't think I was leaning em, uh, enough that it would matter, but I didn't take into account the incline of a of a of a driveway. I was oh, so my pedal catches the driveway. The whole bike, we just we just we just bounce like straight up in the air, jeez, as if like Hellboy had punched like the front <laughs> end of it, and the thing just goes bouncing up. And I came I came square down to my tailbone. Oh, I, I don't know ow. how I don't know how I didn't fracture it. Maybe because I was eleven. Maybe, but um, <laughs> your bones are still basically rubber back then. Yeah, I was I was walking rough for a few weeks after taken, that. Speaking of taking spills off of bicycles, our man Tom Cruise ooh takes a spill off a motorcycle. He sure does. This Allegedly, is like the that's real. Movie in a room, in a row, too, where he does this. Does he? Does he go off on American Made? He drops on a motorcycle. Oh no! Second Mission Impossible in a row. Oh. Because uh, there was yeah, the dust was... chase in uh, Ghost Protocol. Or no, not but Ghost then Protocol. And there's also Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation. Rogue yeah, Nation has one. a lot of motorcycles. Yeah. yeah. He loves He loves just like busting out on motorcycles. He's really into stunts that I feel like would like could possibly kill you in real life. Well, that was... Okay, so this is... A, we could get on this before we even get to the movie. Topic of discussion amongst a group of us that all know each other, including past guests... Jonathan Chan, and past guest, Branwyn Bigglestone. We don't know each other? and We do know each other, oh. I said. And past guest, Drew Gill. We've discussed Tom Cruise dying in movies. He rarely does it. I think we can think of one legit example. Is this, is this no prize time right now? Is it no pri- Yeah, I mean, we basically said he never dies in a movie. And Jonathan Chan pointed out that he did die at the end of Collateral. Now, was that a no prize, just telling us we're wrong? Or reminding us that we didn't think well, of a he, thing? Well, he, he know, he, it's like he knew, he knew something. We did, he, he knew something we did not know. Well, it's something we didn't think of. So it's a no, well, yeah, we, didn't, we got it. what yeah. that means? It's a no. remember prize. No, Maybe yeah. He, a no prize is, is explaining a, uh, an error in a comic book with some sort of creative story solution. Yeah, so no one has any uh, fault or blame. Yeah. This was just Jonathan being better at our job than we are. Jonathan, I'm sorry that you won't get the prize that you named, but you do get recognition. Yeah, I mean, there was a whole conversation about how, you know, even in uh, Far and Away, he dies, but then he gets sucked back into his Yeah, his, his, body. Ghost, his ghost comes back. Yeah. He, but, oh, go ahead. You were, you were going to, his ghost, ghost comes back. Nothing, nothing substantial to okay. add. But the point I had made in a text chain was that for a guy who doesn't die in movies, he sure does like to almost kill himself with his stunts. In real life. IRL. Yeah. Including this movie. Yeah, this movie where there's a lot of pub, a lot of publicity about how he broke that ankle jumping on that building. Nobody talked about that motorcycle accident. Uh, You're saying you said before the accident was real or David said that? I said it because I've heard that that was a real uh, motorcycle crash. But how would you even I, set that up? It was there just like a bunch of mattresses on the other side. Nobody hits the pavement. Like he goes over that hood, no helmet, and just tumbles. Yeah. I'm not sure how they. I mean, there's got to be some way they're doing it. it. Can't be a practical effect. You gotta, well, yeah. What it is is you have you got to roll with it. 
Oh, you got to roll with it. Yeah. The old FBI if roll. If you watch that scene again, you'll see Steve Winwood is playing. <laughs> Your favorite, Stevie Winwood. Stevie Winwood. David, Steve Winwood or Stevie Winwood? What's we, your We've settled your this. We've settled this. I know, but we have a new guest. Let's find out where he falls on this. I don't think I have a take. There we go. So, the guy Switzerland Neutral. over That's here. the best answer yeah. I've heard yet. Um, we got Switzerland on the line. Talk about international man of mystery. Yeah, I got to keep all my friends just in case. <laughs> yes, uh, that, that is the hill you don't want to die on. But also, <laughs> I think he, I think David is, is, is substantially younger than us. This is true. Enough that he, why should he care anything about Steve Winwood? Because of all the hit songs, all the great hits. The songs that defined his life. <laughs> I actually don't know how much younger David is. Than us. I, I don't think he's a decade younger. David does a podcast about, like, favorite songs or important songs in your life. Yeah, it's called it's Speaker Talks. And they're all from 2008 David. or later. I was born in 2002. So, so. You were born in 2002? No, come on, man. 1983. <laughs> you're, you're 16 years old? <laughs> I had no idea. You're very accomplished. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Who knew? No problem. So is it safe to say not a one of those podcasts featured Steve Winwood? Uh, zero. But we're going to get it on the next songs, time around. Which, what's he known but for? But there are songs pre-2002. Um, Jonathan Chan did uh, Ice Ice Baby, didn't he? No, he did it. You, you can't, can't touch, touch this. this. He did You Can't Touch This, didn't he? Uh, the other hit. There's only been two hits ever. What's Steve Winwood known wow. for? Uh, Roll with it. Nameably. Yeah. Nameably? <laughs> Nameably. <laughs> <laughs> what am I trying to say? Namely. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Nameably. I'm writing that down. <laughs> Nameably. <laughs> All right. Um, is dying, so but yeah, I just Chris, I can't write it down. I just rewatched the whole Mission Impossible series, like gearing up for this. And Did you? He also like hits his head in every movie, <laughs> like unprotected, like headbutt to concrete every time. Can you name the instances? Uh, in this one, it was after the motorcycle bit. Actually, sure. in the last one in Rogue Nation, it was also after a motorcycle thing. In Ghost Protocol, I think it's when. He gets hit by a car at one point during the dust storm chase. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and Although now I'm thinking Rogue Nation. It might be underwater he gets hit in the head. Oh, yeah. That happens there, too, when he gets knocked out <laughs> under the... Uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I figured that one was a special effect rather than being like, Tom, like, hit this real quick. Yeah, but they apparently he was holding his breath for that long in that scene. What? Allegedly. Amazing. Yeah. Did Henry Cavill ever connect to his skull when he was when they were fighting? <laughs> Maybe one of those haymakers would be enough to just like kill a man. I think. All right, we're talking about the movie. We should we should recap the movie. Yeah, so people can keep up. Yeah, we should really. So if you've not seen the movie, prepare for spoilers because we're about to do our recap battle. Which where's that theme song? Where's that theme song? Hold on, is it not on this playlist? Hold on. I gotta get to the theme song. Sorry, friends. <laughs> don't, I'll I'll do this. Don't 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 don't. No, it don't, goes like this. Here it is. Don't don't don't. Hey. Don't, hey, don't, stop that. Don't, don't, Zip it. Don't, don't. Hey. No, here we go. Here we go. Would you got? Just stop. Stop. Time for a recap battle. 
All right, recap battle. Here's how this works. Chris and I have prepared in advance. David, are you familiar with the song Tom's Diner? Yeah. Okay. That's what that was from. You know he does a podcast called Speaker Talks all about songs, some of which predate And yet he doesn't know the most popular musician of all time, Steve Winwood. (laughs) Uh, Tom's Diner was used to, like, calibrate MP3s back in the day when it was a new format. Awesome. Really? How'd that work? But heck, if I know, I wasn't a scientist. Oh. I was an English major. <laughs> okay, you weren't an audio engineer? Yeah, I don't know anything. <laughs> you weren't mixing REM albums? Uh, but there's like a New York Times piece or something about it. Uh, here's how this works for the people who are listening at home. Chris and I have prepared in advance recapitulations of the movie. Recapitulation's a fancy word for saying recap. That's right, for a recap battle. At the end of our presentations, our guest... David will judge, jury, and execute who is the winner, the recaptain, and who is the loser, thereby being recapitated. Now, normally, I check in advance who did the recap first last time. I, ca- I didn't. I can't remember. I can't well, remember. I have a who special won. request this round anyway. To go first or second? To go second. Okay. That's very good. That's fine. I will allow it. Um,. Before we do this, I would like to just get a sense of when we saw the movie, how long it's been since we've seen it. It is right now, August 21st, 2018. I saw the movie 20 days ago on August 1st. Chris, when did you see the movie? I saw the movie um, Monday morning, the 13th. The 13th. David, when did you see the movie? Uh... Last weekend, I forget which day, in the smallest right, theater so, in Berkeley. So roughly seven, seven or eight days ago. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, thankfully, I wrote my recap within days of seeing it. So my recap is pretty fresh. I wrote my recap also within days of seeing it. And then I left that recap somewhere else. <laughs> so I quickly re-scribbled it down. I think I've, I've, I've pretty much captured the same plot points that I needed to. Cool. Then I will do my recap first. Then, David, the voice you'll hear will be Chris's doing his recap. And then we'll turn to you for your judgment. Are you prepared to hear these recaps? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Mission Impossible. Fallout. A recap by Greg Sheagle. Tom Cruise returns as Ethan Hunt for the sixth Mission Impossible movie. Ethan Hunt's power set has grown from photographic memory and drawing skills to his ability to defy physics and harm in motorcycle jump and crashes. And now we learn that Ethan Hunt has powers of prognostication. Fallout begins in a dream as Ethan Hunt marries his ex-wife Julia, officiated by the nefarious, weak-voiced, and now-bearded Solomon Lane. A nuclear explosion occurs and wakes Hunt up. It's then that he gets his mission, which he chooses to accept, the recovery of three uranium cores which can make nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons like the one in his dream. On the mission, Hunt saves longtime teammate Luther Stickle's life, but in doing so, loses the uranium and fails the mission. The CIA is mad and assigns Agent Walker to join Hunt's hunt for the uranium. This takes them to Paris to meet the White Widow, who tells them to get the uranium they need. Oh, who tells them 
To get the uranium, they need to kidnap the nefarious, weak-voiced, and now-bearded Solomon Lane, who we saw in Ethan's dream. Meanwhile, Ilsa Faust, the MI6 agent from Rogue Nation, has her own mission to kill Solomon Lane. Hunt gets Solomon Lane, and holy double-cross, Agent Walker's a bad guy, working with Solomon Lane, and he's framed Ethan Hunt to take, all, take the fall. All is revealed to the CIA, but in their effort to bring everyone in, everything gets, uh, everyone gets away, except for Alan Hunley, who's killed in action. Rest in peace. Hunt and, his cha- Hunt and his crew chase Lane and Marshall to Kashmir, where the, there are two armed nuclear bombs, and where, lo and behold, they find Ethan's ex-wife, Julia, who we saw in Ethan's dream. After a bunch of fights, chokings, wire cuttings, helicopter chases, crashed and ticking clocks, or crashes and ticking clocks, man, I'm full of typos, the heroes win the day, defeating Marshall and Lane and defusing both bombs. Ethan Hunt never tells anyone about his new power to see the future in his dreams. The end. Chris, your turn. Well done, my competitor. Thank you, my competitor. My co-competitor. You didn't use any uh, betting music No. that. Do you have any handy? I don't. What kind of betting oh music would you want? Just maybe like the Mission Impossible theme would be good. Let me see if I could... I mean, I don't if have... Call it if, you, if, it's, if it's handy. Uh, you know what? I'll put it in in post. Oh, okay. That's... See what I could do to you? I'll put it in in you post. Could do, yeah, you could, you could virtually do anything. I could virtually do anything. All right, here we go. All right. Ethan Hunt is offered an impossible mission. It is a mission he chooses to accept... And after all manner of action scenes, fights, <laughs> chases, stunts, and double crossings, Ethan saves the day. The end. Wow. That was, well, I'll say nothing. That was a recap. It was a recap. That's what happened in the movie. That is what happened in the movie. If you haven't movie. seen the movie, now you know what happened. All right, David, you've heard the recaps. You can talk us through your thinking. You can show us your work, or you can just declare a recaptain and somebody and who's recapitated your call. I think I've got to give it to Chris. Wow. Sure right. it was to the point. <laughs> it sounds like a movie uh, I would I, want to see. All right, I, I accept my fate. Uh, <laughs> yours was good, but I, it was a little long. I don't think I do. <laughs> a little long? All right. I, I'm, I'm dinged for longness. I, I, length is, I guess, the right word. Although longness could go in the dictionary next next to name bo- name of belief. <laughs> I, mean, I could give you my strategy if you want to hear it. Sure, let's talk. Str- oh wait, hold on. Can we? Should we get out of the battle? Out of the out of the arena? Sure. Okay, let's get out of the arena. There's some closing. All right, okay, talk strategy. That now I feel safe. Yeah, right now we're it. like yeah. we can. This is post game. Post game. Yeah, now you're at the. Uh, hey, coach. Hey, coach. What was your strategy? Well, I knew that uh, when I, you know, I knew my opponent pretty well, and I knew what kind of strategy he usually employs, and I knew that he would uh, give the fans and the listeners everything that they needed, um, almost more information than they needed. So I, so I realized that my only option was to give them less information than they need to balance it out so it would sound like they had two helpings of just enough information in addition uh the movie itself confused me so much (laughs) 
that I knew there was no way I could really explain what happened. Uh, and, uh, and it paid off. I came out on top. That was a brilliant strategy. Now, that is a good strategy. And it's interesting because earlier today, I posted a comic that I drew. <laughs> and I feel like your strategy is, is proving that once again. Uh, the comic was about an experience I had at a convention. Anyway, uh, I talked too much. And as a result, uh, I didn't get a bottle of water. That's true. I said like three words. Yeah. And things worked out super swell yeah. for me. Yeah. I'm saying I fall for the same trick every time. It's my, I'm hoisted on my own petard every time. Is that the right phrase? That's the right phrase. It's the right phrase. It's the right phrase, a phrase I've never understood. I know what it means, but I don't know what a petard is. Well, we have an English major. We could talk about this. What was David, the phrase? My about? audio cut out for a little bit. Oh, oh my. Well, you probably didn't miss anything. The phrase was hoisted by my own petard. Oh, I don't know. That's like a Star Trek thing, right? It's a like a Star sex Trek thing? thing. A sex thing? Is that what Chris said? No, no he said it was a Star Trek. Star thing. Trek. Oh. Next, next generation. <laughs> no, that's Picard. Jean Luc Picard. <laughs> I don't know I've where it came seen... from. I feel like it's like a fishing thing or something, like where you can get into an accident involving hooks. It's not like a Shakespeare thing. They used oh, Shakespeare. They they reference Shakespeare constantly in Star Trek: The Next Generation. So I think I'm right. <laughs> David, is there anything that we left out of our recaps, either the long ones or the short ones, that you think the people should know about? Uh, Henry Cavill was a wrecking ball, and it was great. Henry Cavill was a wreck. I think the thing people loved he came the most. In, he came in like a wrecking ball. Yeah, one could say that's that. a song. Right, that's a song. It is a song. Yeah. Has this song ever been, has Wrecking Ball ever been featured on your podcast, David? Uh, we did three episodes about Wrecking Ball. <laughs> awesome. We did get every angle. Now, would that be a trilogy or a triptych? I think a trilogy. I think triptychs have to be connect, pictures. Right? That would go for the fan art we did for the three episodes we did about Wrecking Ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's fan art that you did for your own show. Yes. Fantastic. That's the way to do it. I mean, if I don't do promo, the, who will, you know? No, you're right. Look, we're all uh, captains of our own ship. Like Captain Jean-Luc Petard. Like Captain <laughs> Jean-Luc Petard. Exactly. Um, Johnny! I think I Johnny loved, um, like, Henry Cavill was a great addition. It was nice that there was no Jeremy Renner. Yeah, that was nice. Like, I don't <laughs> hate him, I but agree. he's just, like, the mashed potatoes of the Nothing. franchise. <laughs> yeah. He's like cold mashed potatoes, the worst yeah. kind. It's like, oh, he's here. Yeah. Great. Are you guys talking about his face? Talking about everything. He brings nothing to the party in those movies. He's not even funny as the straight man in a comedy duo. The best thing that guy did was a show called, uh, uh, what was it called? Not The Unusuals, but something like that. Hey, who knows what I'm talking about? Anyone? The Weirdos? No, it was a cop show on, I think, ABC. It David, was called you know The Unusuals? About? No, but it wasn't the unusuals, but it was something like that. Ah, it might have been the unusuals, actually. Was it was uh was his partner uh, Cindy Lauper? No, no, it wasn't. Then I don't. Then I don't know the show you're talking about. I wish it was. That would have been great. <laughs> She's so unusual. No, his partner was um, uh, um, 
Joan of Arcadia. What's her name? Joan Jett? No, the actress who was in Joan of Arcadia. She was also in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Fence. Was this before he Anyone? was famous? Or before he was like a movie star? David, did we lose you? No, can you hear me? David, are you there? Uh, I'm talking, but y'all can't hear me. David. Hey. I think we might have lost him. David. Hang on, let me David. try to send a message. <laughs> I think we might have lost him. David. I feel like maybe I should hang up and call him back on this Skype, which classically fails us. I haven't gotten it. Wait, hold on. Oh, we're getting a little oh, text. He going can on. hear me. Can he you can hear, us. hear me at all? No. He's yes. back. He's back. He's back. That's weird. That is weird. Yeah, I was saying. Um, Internet. Oh, no, go it, for it. He's got choppy. Oh, no, the Internet is uh, fa- fails us at every turn. <coughs> <clears throat> Are you doing a Solomon Lane impression? <laughs> Can you hear me Beard now too, just as well? He wasn't Latino. He says Ethan must be the one to take the blame. I don't know if you have it yet. I don't know if you have it yet. Sorry. It sounds almost like uh, The Godfather. Yeah, it is a little bit. A little... Wait, Chris's or the actual guy? Uh, Chris's. Yeah. Well, I can't help it. That's the actual just... guy, it's like it's like he's like just can't get enough air. He's like he's breathing through a straw. Yeah, yeah, like a, thro- a straw that's in his throat. Like he's got a tracheotomy going, or not a tracheotomy. <laughs> What's the um uh in the in the hospital shows they always put that thing down people's throats. Like a breathing tube. No, like like somebody comes in and they're in an accident. It's like we got to put this plastic thing down there ter- like to clear the esophagus. Oh yeah, that's a tracheotomy. It is right when they just jab a hole in someone's neck. No, no, no. Like with the <laughs> not that. Pin no, or they, something? They, they, they jam like a giant plastic tube down your throat. Yeah, like through your mouth to keep it open, the airway uh, open. Does it matter? Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, that's not really a procedure. That's just using a yeah a tool on you. So. But now the question that we that I don't know if you heard was who's the woman that played Joan of Arcadia. Uh, that I don't know. I like Joan Jett as an answer. I was going to go with that, but <laughs> yeah. apparently it's not true. It's not true. She was also in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I feel like I've never seen that movie, but I feel like the 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 uh, the girl who played Ugly Betty is in it. Yes, America Ferrara. She is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is that who you're talking about? No, I would have thought of. I just thought of that name. I'm trying to not refer to her as the woman who's married to David Cross. Because that seems reductive. Oh, that's well, yeah, you can't define somebody by yeah. you know a context that will help you remember them. No, but you you know what I'm talking about. Though. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is it, it's, uh, it's it's not about Jeremy Renner, <laughs> which is what I was. I think it's all it, about Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill. Yeah, I mean. Henry Cavill does that arm that arm pump, which is that that's like that's all I heard about in the month leading up to the movie. Was that two <clears> seconds of uh Yeah. I mean it was in the trailer. Yeah. It was impressive. Also impressive that it, it, he's like it, punching through walls. Yeah, I was wondering about that. When they throw the one guy through the mirror in the bathroom. Yeah. Like what wh- how and why? Like why is any of this happening? Like he it was, was great, punching though. Like through walls, like he there's like a column and he punches through it. It's incredible. 
It's happening too fast for me to have like even remembered it. It didn't register. Really? Yeah. It was in the trailers and everything, Look, bro. I, uh, something about these movies makes my brain go real slow. <laughs> I don't, and I never know what's happening. Well, the the, the, the only thing I understood in this movie was like the first scene when they put that guy in the. Fi- nah, it wasn't the first scene, but they had that guy in the fake room. Yeah, and they had the Wolf Blitzer. Yeah, come in. And uh, oh yeah, that was good. And I was like, and that was like when I was like, I was like, I was like, I was sitting in my chair like, I know what they're doing. <laughs> I was so excited <laughs> that I was like up to speed on it. And then that's like the last time I knew what was happening. All right. I mean, generally these movies all follow a pretty similar trajectory. Yeah, I've been confused by all of them. But it's all just—it's all to go back to Christmas stuff. It's all. Like, the, the tree is the same every time. They're just putting more and more lights on it. You you don't know what Christmas is all about. You make a tree. We've been over this. You make a tree. You put <laughs> stuff on it. You, you dance around it and sing songs. How wrong, they, how they, how close to perfect did I land that, that Greg, jump? All of Greg's Christmas knowledge is informed entirely from the television program Family Ties. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering about the making a tree part. I thought you just <laughs> cut down a tree. Well, And also the, the dancing... <laughs> The dancing part that he's so certain we we do. I feel like that's from How the Grinch Stole Christmas, right? Don't they dance around the tree? Yeah, I suppose they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's hand in hand, from. they made they run. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The making tree is just me being a jackass. <laughs> I know you cut it down and you buy it from a dude on the because, street. Because, as we all know, only God can make a tree. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Or a mommy tree and a daddy tree. Well, well, now we're getting a little too explicit, I think. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put, yeah, ex- this is still PG-13. Yeah, I'm going to put an explicit label on this episode because we're talking about tree babies. All right. I mean, then we're covered. I am we're Groot co- and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Once but that was this the thing. first uh, movie in a while where Tom Cruise had, like, someone he had to fist fight to win the day? Hmm. I don't remember a fist fight. I feel like Rogue Nation movie. and Ghost Protocol... Like, they tricked the guy into, like, getting into the tube in Rogue Nation? Well, he definitely... Yes, but he definitely fistfights in, in Jack Reacher. Never look back. Or never go back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but David was specifically citing the Mission Impossible franchise. I'm going to say David said Tom Cruise movie. David? The best... The only definition of Tom Cruise movie is the Mission Impossible <laughs> franchise. <laughs> I think he said Mission Impossible. I think he said Tom Cruise. Yeah, but I did mean Mission Impossible. Um, I understood. um, Because I was thinking, like, Ghost Protocol, he drops a car on a guy after they, like, wrestle around for a while. Like, Henry Cavill's the first dude where it was like, oh, this is going to be like an old school hand-to-hand on a mountaintop fight. Probably. It's been a while since I've... I I don't do the the watch them all in prep, so I don't know. You could Mm -hmm. be right. I'm going to take your word for this one. Here's what I can tell you about Tom Cruise. And, and, and we should probably go into a break. But here's what I can tell you. One, his full name is Thomas Cruz Maypother IV. That's a fact. Chris, how tall is he? He's 5'7 and a half. That's right. These are the facts we know. But he plays defense like he's 5'9. <laughs> <laughs> here's something else I can tell you about Tom Cruise in this particular movie. As far as I can tell... My man's shirt stays on the whole time. Wait, is this time for the fitness report? Well, first I'm doing shirtlessness report. And shirtlessness okay. report tells me he had a shirt on the whole time. Chris, 
Fitness report. Okay, fitness report. Oh, he's picking up a sheet of paper for this one. <laughs> okay, Tom never removes his shirt, but... I said that already. But... I'm on shirtlessness. That's my responsibility. But I'm going to say it's balanced out by what I what seemed to me to be extra running. Oh, he did a lot of running. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And as such, he appears to be in excellent shape for a man in his mid-30s. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> excellent shape for a man in his mid-30s. Yes, okay. Tom is 56. Yeah. I have one more. One more uh, thought on the afterthought related to that. Sure. Angela Bassett, 59. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Is she in better shape relative, Well, relatively speaking? I just want to say, you you look at Tom Cruise and you're like, I can't believe that's how he's that old. But then you look at Angela Bassett and you're like, well, she's got to be at least 10 years younger than Tom Cruise. (laughs) And she's older. She's older by three years. How old is Alex Baldwin? Did you write that down? I did not write that down. I guess for some reason I wasn't inspired to look up that information during the fitness report. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, Uh, I did look up that Tom Cruise is like two years younger than John Voight was in the first Mission Impossible. That's great. I do like that kind of trivia. Like, I I think it was in Rogue Nation that Tom Cruise was the same age as uh, Wilford Brimley was in The Firm. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you six years ago he was 50. That's math, baby. This is just math. Now I'm just going to be running the numbers like nobody's business. Is I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know we should be going into a break, but math gets us very close to science. Uh-oh. I don't know that. I, don't, I mean, do you have any more math is what I'm asking. I, I think we can let the math rest. All right. The case against math rests. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll do more of what we've been doing. All right, it is time for one of our patented mid-show breaks. Are you ready for that, Christopher? I'm ready, and I don't want anybody to steal the patent on our break. You You have have a podcast of your own. If you've ever taken a break for any reason from doing any activity, that's our patent. But no, we it's not that the patent. It's not that the break is patent is is it's the method and style of our break, I think, is what the patent is. I, you right, have the patent. Like if you, yeah, the, the the method and style is if you're doing any activity and you stop for a moment to recompose yourself, you're infringing on our patent. Is that what we're doing? We're recomposing ourselves? We're composing ourselves again. Are we? Yeah. I got to reread that patent. Can you fax me a copy of that patent? Right away. Is, is your fax number still the same? Yes. Yes, it is. Thank you. All right. It's on its way. Fantastic. Oh, uh, hey, Jeff. It. Jeff, could you fax this over to Greg for me? Thank that, you. That's You have that guy doing your faxing? Uh, let's not get into that. We won't. Look, I just more than one, Look, more than one person could be named Jeff. I just, it had been so long. It's, so it's not the same Jeff, or is it? I'm not going to say one way or the other. Don't worry about that. No, Don't look, worry about how I run my business. No, look, it's fine. I just hadn't heard, I haven't heard. Look, I have somebody help me out around the office. His name is Jeff. That's all you need to know. No, that's, 
that's perfectly that's, I think it's great. It's actually more than you need to know. It is more than I need to know. All I needed to know was the name Jeff. That's all I needed to know. Right. It's short for Jeffrey. Yes. Now is that I can't remember if that's a J E F F or a G E O or G E O F. You know what? I get confused all the time too. I can't keep it straight. It's not worth it. That's the patent right there. Boom. People love it. They love it. They love it so much that they routinely tell me they skip through it. And by they, you mean one person. And that's the old style break. The new style break is just more show. It's more of what this is. Yeah. Well, see. Well, yeah. You know. Sure. Yeah. That's what. It has evolved into what it is now. Look, the, the, the they whole... tune in for us, not for Tom Cruise. Yeah, exactly. If they wanted, if they were into Tom Cruise, they'd go see Tom Cruise movies. Not listen to us talk about Tom Cruise movies. That's exactly what I'm saying. That is also what I'm saying. Now, inherent to the break is we talk about other things we do besides this show. Uh huh. But before we get to that. We should talk about some business involving this show, which is the show lives at a website, which is hatterentertainment.com slash cruisin, H-A-T-T-E-R entertainment.com slash cruisin. Every that's episode. Cruisin, that's cruisin without a G. Yes. Without an apostrophe. No apostrophe in the web address. True. Right. You go so there. I think that's the thing. That's the, that's the detail we've left out of the previous breaks. You think that's why people aren't going to the website? I think we're going to see some some big changes in the numbers in a positive direction. I can only I can only hope so. But that's where you go. All the past episodes are there. You can listen to all of them. From the very first one to this one. And all the special versions in between. Including a very recent special version. Instom Graham. Chris, can you talk to us a little bit? Because we have not discussed Instom Graham on the show. Wow. I haven't discussed Instom Graham since the day I recorded Instom Graham. And therefore, my memories of Instom Graham are bound to be crystal clear. Well, first of all, I'm going to call you out on this. We have spoken about Instom Graham since the release of Instom Graham, since I heard it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We just haven't talked about it. For other people to hear our conversation. Okay, but since then, but that still, that was like a long time ago. It was a while ago. But can you tell people what Instom Graham is? So, so when I said it was crystal clear, now I'm wrong. It wasn't. It's now it's now it's murky. Can you just tell people who maybe skipped that episode because it wasn't movie related what Instom Graham was? I will. T- I can tell them. Please do. Oh well. Cousin Mike, friend of the show, frequent guest, Greg's cousin, Mike, alerted us to an Instagram post by Tom Cruise showing Maverick walking towards the jet with the the the, uh, the caption underneath saying uh, first day of, of shooting." So they've begun production. They've begun, they've begun shooting Top Gun Two. And um, cousin Mike suggested, "Hey, this might be, uh, this might, this might be cause for a special version episode of in, of uh, cruising together." 
To which you sarcastically said, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You, you guys can go ahead and uh, record that if you want to, and then I'll, I'll put it out. So Cousin Mike and I inspired, without your knowledge, of doing exactly that. We recorded it, sent it to you, and then you were a man of your word. You posted it at hatterentertainment.com slash cruising. And I got to say, it is terrific, and I think people should, if people enjoy this show... And they have skipped that episode for reasons that are not clear to me. It is worth your time. It is a genuine delight. It is one of the dumber, more entertaining things I've listened to in a while. And I mean dumber in the best way. It's you talk great. about Tom Cruise a lot in that podcast. Oh, no. the, it's great. There, there are things in it that are very entertaining. You and Cousin Mike are very entertaining. I don't think I am missed even a little bit. You guys did a great job, and I felt like we should at least plug that episode for people to listen to if they have not yet heard or listened to it. Ditto. All right. I'm uh, a ghost. Last bits things about last bits things about this show. Uh Said the website. You can email the show at cruisin at hatterentertainment.com. You can follow the show on social media, on Twitter specifically, at cruisin show. And you could donate to support the show at hatterentertainment.com slash cruisin. There's a thing there that says donate. You click on that. Throw us a couple bucks. We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it to the bank. We will take it to the bank. Now, Chris, I want to talk about something specific to this episode that that people are listening to right now. Mission Impossible 6. Fallout, yeah. There's two Fallout. there's two points of order I want to cover. One We got a song wrong. That was actually the third point of order. I wasn't even gonna get All to right. that one. Alright. They haven't heard that yet. Oh. Okay, four things about this episode. Wait, first, first, folks. first thing. We recorded this episode over Skype with our guest, David Brothers, and Skype was uh, very non-cooperative. I think part of it was the device I was using Skype on was having problems holding its internet connection. Uh, but David was uh, awesome and patient, and I think the way we were able to piece the interruptions together, you, the listener, wouldn't know that. So I shouldn't be saying it anyway, but I want to give a, th- a thank you an additional thank you to our guest for his patience in this process. It thank was you, David. Yeah. Thank you, David. Second thing I want to say, uh, Amber Tamblin. Amber Tamblin. Third thing Amber I want to Tamblin. say. Yeah. Is that, is that Crayola's new, co- new color? Who? Crayola Crayon. Is that like a new color that they just uh, announced? Nope. Do you want me to actually explain why I'm saying that? Is it the name of a person? Yeah, it's the name of a person. Okay. She's a star. She was in a show called The Unusuals. She was in a show called Joan of Arcadia. She was one of the four sisters in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. All right. It's a name I couldn't think of in the, in the show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a surprise to me. When you listen back, you'll enjoy it. And something else you're going to enjoy, Chris, when you listen back is... Uh, the betting music under your recap. All right. Yeah. 
a reason for you to go back and listen, I did put betting music in. All right. I believe I did call for betting music, right? Yeah, and I said I would okay. put it in in post, and I threatened well, to put in, I threatened to put in Yakety Sax. <laughs> oh, I guess I'll just have to wait and see. I did not. I can say this. I did not put in Yakety Sax. Everybody listening to this now knows exactly what I did. Yeah, they know. Folks, you're all in the future. Yeah, I mean, we recorded that show two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And now we're recording the break two days before we post the episode. So there's been yeah. some time, enough time for both of us to forget everything we said, except I re-listened to the episode. Which brings up the last point in the next segment. Uh, the song is called The 900 Number, and it's by The 45 King. Chris, what can you tell the people about you outside of this show that you want people to know? What are your plugs, bro? ChrisGeruso.com. Double R, double S. Double R, double S. That's my website. Uh, G-Man, graphic novels. G-Man Super Journal. The G-Man Web... G-Man Web Comics. Encounter. What's that? By, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new comic. I believe we talked about it on the last episode. Yeah, but let's pretend every episode is somebody's first. That's true. That's what Stan Lee said. Did Stan Lee say that? He sure did. Okay. On the Excelsior podcast. (laughs) Okay. Encounter is published by Lionforge. I draw it. It is written, well, I guess co-conspiratorially written by Franco and Art Baltazar. A little bit by me. That is on issue five at the moment. The new trade, the first trade will be out soon. And a trade is a collection of issues, correct? um, I believe, if I am to believe, episode three of the Excelsior podcast, yes. All right. Trade is a collection. This month, later this month, we're going to see issue one of High Heaven. Written by Tom Pyre, industry legend. Mm. Published by Ahoy Comics. Go to comicsahoy.com. In that issue of High Heaven number one will be my first backup feature with Ahoy Comics called Hashtag Danger, also written by industry legend Tom Pyre. To recap, Encounter, High Heaven number one, Hashtag Danger, Excelsior podcast. <laughs> is there, I wonder if there, I, I bet you there is an Excelsior podcast. Of course there is. Yeah. Excelsiorpodcast.com. I bet you there is. At Libsyn.com or whatever it is. Uh, you are on social media at Chris underscore Jeruso, correct? Uh, on Twitter. That is correct. You're not, you're not the same name on all platforms? I think I'm maybe the same thing on Instagram. I don't know if I have the underscore in there. But they it can doesn't get all matter. This. You know why? Because no one's going to look it up. But they no can get cares. all that on, at ChrisJeruso.com. They can link to all that nonsense. Yeah, if you go to ChrisJeruso.com, there'll be like those pictures of those icons. Yeah. Double R, double S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, you can always go to Google.com. You could and, do that. Uh, just type type my name in there yeah, as best R, you can spell it. Double R double S. Google knows what you're trying to do. 
And when and I say double R, way. when I say double R double S, I mean C H R R I S S. Right. If you type it all into Google, Google will say, "Don't worry about it, bro." What about another search? What about Bing? What about uh, Yahoo? If you go to Bing or Yahoo, they'll be like, "I think I know that guy." Is this the guy? What about if they use um uh uh what's the, what's the one that doesn't track anything? Duck Duck something. Duck Duck, duck Goose. Duck Duck Go. If you go to DuckDuckGoose.com and type in Chris Jeruso, I'll give you the results of my kindergarten uh my my kindergarten tournament of Duck Duck Goose. Your 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 DDG stats. Well, I place I placed third overall. Over okay, but you were like first in. Tapping. But I recorded the fastest sit time. <laughs> yeah, because they ca- they tracked you on sit time, get up time, run time, and then lap time. Yeah, yeah. I record actually yes, I recorded also the the the, t- the fastest single lap time. <laughs> did anybody did anybody record a head tap strength? No, because like. Or, or maybe just like like speed of hand to top of head for goosing. I I don't know for sure, but I know like specifically the strength thing. Like that wasn't something they wanted to glorify because it led to too much injury. Sure, people were and, slamming and, down like they were yeah. no whammies. Then it's like that's like because when that's the thing to beat, then you know yeah, kids go home with bruises and parents start calling the school. How did? Here's a question. So duck duck goose. You walk around. You tap a kid's head. You say duck. Duck, duck. Then you hit a kid, say goose. There's no worse insult. So you got to get up and chase that guy down and yeah. beat the living hell out of him. And if you get if you get back in time, they have to go to the middle. No, they have to be the goose. But if they catch you, you go into the middle, right? The mush pot, I think it was called. I think if they catch you, then that is, they they just beat the living hell out of you. You got to take it. All right, but that's not even my question. Here's my question. How how was this a game? No, I know why it's a game. It's it's as much a game as uh, Red Rover. Do you, but do you think that they allow they they allow this game anymore? Of course, a, a game where it's, it's you can so obviously hurt somebody. I think they still but, allow it, especially when like once you catch the guy, you're allowed to you're allowed to beat him up. I think they probably got rid of the beating up. Again, I remember something with a mush pot in the middle, like somebody ended up in the middle of the circle. But I could be misremembering. I'm, I'm a, somebody would have to walk around, tap every tap every duck, 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 goose, and then you just bolt. Yeah. I don't remember the center coming into play. What happens in the center? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I mean, the, the center, are you thinking around the Rosie? I don't think so. Doesn't matter. Here's my, the question I was going to ask was, there's a, there's a, a thing you can do to somebody where you, you goose them. You heard of that? Goosing? Yeah, that's when you press the eject button before the canopy lifts up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, your co-pilot uh, breaks his neck. Yes. So it's also uh, some kind of uh, invasion of personal space. Right? All right, that's, so that's, this is starting to sound like uh, sexual harassment right. territory. Right. Okay. How did that become called goosing when what goosing should be is tapping somebody on the head and running away from them as fast as possible? Well, you know, uh, people go up and then they just ruin everything. <laughs>
They really do. I mean... Their mind just goes into the gutter and suddenly everything is an innuendo. I mean, I tap people in the head and bolt and people think I'm just being weird and all I'm trying to do is goose them. Well, I mean, I don't know what to... I mean, have you had any positive results come from that? Has has anybody, like, understood exactly what you were doing? No. And been totally cool with it? Has it led to any positive results? No. Most people are... They don't understand. They... They don't know why I'm running. I haven't stolen anything. It's weird. Well, this, I should probably stop. Be a case. You might have to just get with the times here. Yeah. We're I getting should, older. I should probably just stop. Speaking of getting with the times, I got a, I got a few things to mention. Your article in the New York Times. You wrote, you wrote a letter anonymously. <laughs> became very famous recently. Yes, I did. But it's not the letter you're thinking of. It's a letter I wrote that... It got a very small space in the Times. Uh, I was I was plugging a few things in it. I was basically plugging uh, my book, my books, plural, the Pix graphic novels that you can learn all about at PixComic.com. And I want everybody to buy these books because every count, epi, every copy counts. I want to tell epi. people, yeah, epi copy counts. I want to tell epi pen, like like so if you go into if if you need a uh, what what is what is that insulin shot or something? Yeah, it's an EpiPen. You could just read the book. That's the same as like having an EpiPen that you, you stab yourself yeah, with. Because every Epi Poppy every Epi Poppy pounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to encourage people to join my e newsletter. I put that out once a month on the first of the month. You can sign up at any of the websites I've mentioned so far. First of the month, I send out this newsletter. I write a thing, an essay of some kind. It's generally, I think, entertaining. And then I talk about things that are coming up or things that I've done. This past month, on September 1st, I announced Stuff Sketched, which is a web... What do you, a video? A web video? It's a YouTube thing. If you go it's to a YouTube, video video. It's if, a video. If you go to YouTube... It's a video. If you go to YouTube and look for the Hatter Entertainment channel, there's a go video. YouTube, look up, look up the videos on YouTube. There's a video there called "Stuff Sketched," and it's me doing a drawing and talking over myself doing the drawing. And I want to try and do more of these, and I need, I need, and want people to watch them and let me know that it's a thing people want to see. Especially, uh, hey, hey, if yeah. you're. Uh... If you want drawing lessons, it's always good to watch somebody draw. It is. The one thing I want to, I need to get is I need to get it where the camera is above, like actually above me. Like right now I'm recording the screen, and I think it would be helpful to record my actual hand. But, well, I don't know. I don't know about that. I thought it was pretty cool. Okay. I don't know. I, I like seeing... In fact, your hand is just going to get in the way. Fair point. Fair point. I guess part of me sees, like as I'm drawing, I'm sometimes moving... The, the actual paper, or in this case, the screen, to turn. It's like it. the game Punch Out. Remember that game? I do remember the game Punch Out. So, so it's it's basically you're like looking through the back of the boxer you control, sure. and if that figure was completely solid, you would not be able to see your opponent clearly. I, your opponent is made out of like a mesh grid, a mesh digital grid. So I need to that do, you can see through. I need a mesh hand. 
So, well, I'm saying is what you've got already is is a step beyond that. You've got invisible hand going. You've got the clearest view of your drawings in progress. I understand yeah. everything you're saying. I'm simply saying that is there no value in seeing how a pen is held if and when somebody turns the paper, things of that nature. I'm saying there's no value at all whatsoever. All right. Moving on. Let's talk about our guest, David Brothers, and his plugs, the things he asked us to mention. I hope you have a list of things. I do. (laughs) Good. So David writes and David podcasts. You can find his writings and podcasts at essays.iamdavidbrothers.com. That's essays, E-S-S-A-Y-S dot I, like the letter I. E-Y-E. No. I-A-M-DavidBrothers.com. And you can also follow on Twitter, the Twitter account, at Brothers N Others, or Brothers Nothers. Uh, and that is where he posts his new episodes of his podcasts, speaker talks, the culturally appropriate culturally appropriate podcast there's another one that he does sometimes called just because he's a prolific thinker and creator of content and that's where you can get his material check it out check it out check it out now is there anything else we need to cover chris jeruso there may not be another episode of this for a while, I just checked IMDb. The next movie slated is Top Gun 2. It's got a date of 2020 on it. So, wow! all the more reason to join my e-newsletter and follow us on social media. Because unless we come up with a special version episode between now and Top Gun 2, going to be real quiet, gang. Well- well, hey, if people like the Instagram episode, we'll do more Instagram episodes. But they so have to let if us they'd know. Like to hear, yeah, they have to let us know either by downloading the Instagram episode so that we can see the numbers go up. I think um, more otherwise, I think more important would be for them to to tweet directly at you to say how much they liked that episode, and then you can report to me or not. You could just start sending me episodes, and I'll just start posting them. Or you guys can make Instagram its own show. A lot of different ways we can go with this. Sure. Um, but ultimately, it's, uh, you know, it's how best can we feed the demand? I mean, that's up to Tom, isn't it? Sure is. Yeah. So, uh, until the next time we see you, gang, there's still like a good 45 minutes of show for you to listen to. Don't don't get it twisted, right? I, I need a break from this break. No kidding. All right, let's let people get back to the show. We're back, ready for round two. Your mission. There's that voice. Should you choose to accept the it? same voice I was doing perfectly earlier. Yeah, you, might be, you might be right. Did you ever choose not to? Oh, the blood on that fence. The end you always feared is coming. I don't know if I remember that door opening. Yeah, me either. 
How did you for, how could you forget the door, the most famous part of this movie? You had a terrible choice to make in Berlin. One life over millions. It was Alex Baldwin. And now the world is at risk. It's weird that his head is so square. If he had held on to the plutonium, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Alec Baldwin's head? Yeah. Yeah, they would. That's the job. It's weird that Angela Bassett is 59. <laughs> How old is uh, Ving Rhames? Did you look that up? You don't understand what you're I did not look up okay. Ving Rhames. Again, fitness report. Uh, this was the first Mission Impossible where, where Ving Rhames did not wear a turtleneck. <laughs> That's what you get when you watch it, you know, five in a month. How many Mission Impossibles has Tom Cruise worn a turtleneck? Possibly just this one with the tactical turtleneck at the end. Yeah, I had a feeling. Uh, Ving Rhames, also 59. Ah, and his full that? name is Irving Ramesses Rames. That guy's awesome. Jeez. Ving Rames is awesome. Oh, that's the White Witch, or whatever her name was. What was her name? White Widow? White Widow, yes. If you got a sharp ear, you'll recognize the vocal tones of Stevie Winwood. Is he singing that? That song can't fight the friction. There's that motorcycle fall. I guess there was a cut. I Maybe it wasn't a full crash. I mean, he goes over the car either way. Yeah. So I don't remember that truck moment. Like at I think all. that was when he was in the helicopter, and I do think that happened. Okay. Yeah, he's like he's he's in that helicopter careening hither and thither. Yeah. Scientific term. Yeah, hither. Yeah, uh, you know, we like to use the technical film terms, hither and thither. I mean, it's a hallmark of that's film it. criticism. That's, <laughs> that's how uh, 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 the thumb guys used to write. The thumb guys. Welcome to another episode of the thumb guys. If it, you know, I'll tell you right now. You got, how many thumbs you got? Two. So do I. I'm going to say this: if Siskel and Ebert existed in modern times. <laughs> like, if they started now, their podcast would be called The Thumb Guys. <laughs> That's probably fair. Right? So yeah. why? So they would each give one thumbs up or one down. So it's like two. If it was two thumbs up, they both liked it. Yes. Yeah. Why not four? Because then because they, it's very vacation photo-y. <laughs> There's, yes. It's like, oh, we're I at also, Disneyland. Two thumbs up. I guess you could, if you're one person, you go two thumbs up. But I think, if the other hand, they were eating popcorns because they were at the movies. Or they were writing on their notepads. Or they're writing on their notepads. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, that's super nerdy. <laughs> I never understood <laughs> how people that did that, that at the movies, like critics or whoever. I guess probably only well, critics. One of do the that. two co hosts of this podcast does it. Yeah, when I go to see Tom Cruise movies, I bring a notebook. Really? Like a nerd. Yeah. Oh, man. I, bring I a could notebook. never do it. I bring my eyes. And I, and I jot notes down in the dark, and then when the movie's over, I look at them to make sure they're legible. All you need are eyes and heart for Tom Cruise movies. I know, Well, I did go... Like a boxer. In this instance, I can't find the notebook I wrote my notes in, so I'm, I'm uh, sort of going on memory on what I wrote down. So I really wasted my time bringing that notebook. <laughs> but I can't remember what movie I'd seen, where after the movie I was 
outside a theater and a, and a woman walked up to me who was in the same movie and asked me if I was a movie critic because I was taking notes. And then I said, no, I do a podcast about Tom Cruise movies. And that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> she just uh, moved away from you as quickly <laughs> as possible. Uh, I think I moved away. I was just uh, ready to go down the stairs. But there was a, there was a look on her face. Wait, of, was this a missed connection? Oh, no. It was a, it was a, uh, it was, it was, nothing was missing, was a, nothing was connected. This was, this was a, this was a mutual disconnection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a mutual disconnection. Perfect. Awesome. All right, should we do one of our uh, recurring segments? Yes. Let's start from the top. This is Top Tom's special Mission Impossible edition by our pal Paul McMahon. Replacing the old Tom Tom Club, right? Yes. Okay. That swaps out Tom Tom Club for Mission Impossible episodes. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Guest on Austin Powers and Gold Member episode. That's right. Go back into the archive. He gave us golden M&Ms. He did. Top Tom's is where we talk about our top Tom Cruise moments Elements, components, bits in this movie. Chris, start us off. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to bet you both have the same top tom here. The broken foot. Guy jumps from one rooftop to another, breaks his foot doing it. I don't have that. No, it's not mine. It's considered... Well, then... I, hey. Then... then Let's start that, start over. It's like you jumped off that building and broke your ankle. <laughs> it's pretty much all we knew about the movie for years. But is that a top Tom? Is that to you like the top well, thing he did? It's like it's like the guys it's like it's it's pretty hardcore. Alright. For a man of he was probably fifty seven at the time or fifty five when all it right. happened or fifty four. You're saying double fives. Possibly double fives. Possibly double fives. Yes. Dub fives. Let's move along to, to another top Tom here. <laughs> I only have one. I have one top Tom. I mean, it's all about, he does all his own stunts. I have one top Tom. Which uh, I'm not sure if you, if you guys have ever heard that before. I've heard it. I've said it. Only I felt rumors. like it was a piece of information I came across randomly that nobody else knew about. Yeah, it's, it he does his own comes stunts. up. But he does, uh, I, guess, I guess it's a big deal that they do Halo Drop in this movie. Yeah. I've heard High altitude, deal. low opening. Is that what that means? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, They're practically in outer space I, when they jump I, out of the... I did not know that. So wait, what's the low opening part? The parachute like opens when you're really close to the ground. Got it. All right. Maybe it should be high altitude, low shoot deployment. But then Halls. it wouldn't be something you can pronounce. Halls. H-A-L-C-D. It sounds like a, uh, like a nice TV. Yeah, it does sound like a nice TV. Yeah, high def. That's like the next thing after 4K. Only the best resolution, screen resolution for Tom Cruise. I did hear that Tom Cruise did the Halo Drap. Drap? Halo Drop. He did the Drap. But uh, a hundred Cavill, times. Cavill didn't. He did it a hundred times. I heard Cavill didn't. That I, I wasn't sure about that. There's two things Cavill won't do. Halo Drops, mustache shaving. 
Oh man, both respectable choices, in my opinion. <laughs> I know, right? It's weird. Uh, like yeah. a Halo we, drop we... is an amazing achievement, but I feel like it's kind of overkill for a movie like this because he's like you can't tell it's Tom for the entire time. Well, in the op- when he first jumps, the camera's following him. Like his, you could see his, a little bit of his face in that helmet, right? Yeah, but you could like CG that, and I feel like it might have the same effect unless you already know that he's the guy doing the drop for real. Right. Does That's that make true. sense? I didn't know he did the drop for real until after. Yeah. Yeah. It does make sense. Yeah. Well, they make sure like th- so. This is a guy. He's basically like a a real life Peter Pan. And he just gets to do whatever he wants. So for him, it's. I think if I was in his place, I'd say, you know what? Let let someone else do that. Like Peter Pan, he can fly. He can fly. He can fly. <laughs> but they did it a hundred times, and they used only you know they used three you, David. three jumps to actually made it into the movie. Three, three footage from three of the jumps. A hundred because times? they also needed to do it at a specific. Yeah, uh, the only <laughs> because it was like specifically at du- like right as the sun was going down, they only had time to do one every day. So <laughs> for a hundred days, is that come on? Is that true? Yes. That seems like that would be a real budget killer on this movie to get an airplane that high every day for a hundred days. They didn't shoot this movie for a hundred days. I don't think. I'm not looking it up. I'm just taking it off. Taking it on faith. Well. I looked it up, but there's a lot of fake news out there. That's right. You can't fight the friction. <laughs> especially, especially Wikipedia, which anybody can go in and just change it to anything. If you've ever tried that, you know that it's absolutely not true <laughs> because the second you refresh your screen, whatever you put in there... It's gone. Prank or otherwise, even if you meant it like completely... Let's just say perhaps you came across misinformation on a Wikipedia entry about your own self. Sure, let's say, hypothetically. And then you go, well, I'm going to change this and fix it. And then you click refresh, it's right back to the wrong information. Doesn't, is there a vetting process? Somebody at Wikipedia Central has to look it over? Yeah, but, like, yes. That's the but exact what problem. What they say, what they commonly say is, anybody can edit this. They make it seem like anyone can just go in, do whatever they want, Run rampant. Let's say ramp, hy- hypothetically. Ramp it. Ramp, ramp it up. Yeah, nameably. Hypothetically. Has this change been enacted since? What change? This hypothetical change that somebody made about their own Wikipedia page. Um, hypothetically, yes. I ran into a guy at a convention who told me, I'm in charge of your Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically, this 100% did happen. And I said, oh, hey, maybe we can uh, work together on uh, fixing a few things. How'd this person get that position? I don't know. I probably asked him, and it went in one ear and out the other, (laughs) like a Mission Impossible mission. So if you got the mission, if if uh, if you were one of these guys, if you got one of these missions that self destructed, you'd be you'd have to really write all this stuff down. Yeah, nobody would even give me. Nobody would offer me a mission. All right. You'd have to figure David, out how to keep the thing Tom? from exploding, just so you could hang on to it and reference it later. That's right. Um, my top Tom. Ah man, is it super? You know how like sometimes Tom Cruise will get a surprising news and kind of double take a little bit. Example? Uh, you can see it in the trailer when um, the guy with the rat, Solomon Lane, is explaining all that stuff, and he kind of like looks away and looks back really quickly. 
I feel like he did that right. a lot in this movie, and it always kind of makes me laugh a little bit because it's like when you're a kid and you first hear what a double take is, and then you try to do it like on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. It's also a little bit like a like a dog sort of turning its head to hear something. Oh, totally. Uh, like the RCA yeah. dog. Yeah. Um, but action-wise, the stunt just. I think the motorcycle stunt was the thing of the movie for me. The the, the going over the car? Yeah, going over the car. Because uh, it was a really surprisingly good chase scene. Um, and then it ends with that, where you're just like, geez, like, what next? And the answer is basically put, nothing, because that's the end of the scene. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. I put that in my list as well. And the reason it made it, because, you, know, you know, we've had all this discussion about whether... <clears throat> excuse me for a second. Right? Because you just cleared your throat. That's right. <laughs> Was it Grand Pooba? Uh, I don't think it's Grand Pooba. I'd have to check my iPod, and that's not anywhere near me. <laughs> um, all right, so the reason... David, that mo- do you know who did that song? Uh, can you hum it again? It starts, let me clear my throat. Oh, it's a um, thing. Like Ed Lover used to dance to it on Young TV Raps. I know it. I can't remember. It's not Craig Mack. Not Fat Man. I feel like it's a grand. It's a grand pooba. No, I don't think so. They were way more uh, low key. Dougie Fresh. Yeah, I think it might have been Dougie Fresh. Boom. I don't think it's Dougie Fresh. All right, I'm gonna look this up. The reason the motorcycle oh, made DJ my list. Cool. Did you just look it up? Yeah. Wow, that came out in 1996. That can't be right. Why not? Well, I, I guess it definitely is, is right. Because I remember, I remember that being a college time song. Hmm. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was way older, but I guess. Uh, well, I mean, you were born. The 900 number the song is from '89. Yeah, the samples probably came from stuff. Yeah, that's probably prior. what I'm thinking about. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so Chris, why were you clearing your throat? Yeah, why were you clearing? Good question. Oh, so I wanted to talk about this motorcycle. You guys were talking like that, that was like another real stunt, or, or or possibly a real accident. You know, the guy took a major tumble. But for me, I was like, okay, finally, because so much of the strategy in that chase involved speeding as fast as he could through intersections and just getting lucky he was able to thread the needle of traffic and then his pursuers would get stuck behind him yeah i thought how like it didn't seem like there was any skill it was like 100 percent luck so i was i was was happy to see uh, like a some certain level of reality rear its head when he like crashed into something a consequence a consequence and I think he even looks away from the road right before he hits the car. Yeah. I think that's because he's being also chased by Ilsa Faust. She's part of that chase. And, and no matter yeah. how many times people get cut off behind him in traffic, he still seems to be surrounded at all times. Yeah. It's a gift. <laughs> that's acting. It really is. I think it's impressive that he had that crash right where he had to jump down into the sewer to get on that boat. Yeah, it's like the most fortuitous like he, crash he could have. It was there was still like some luck involved in there. Yeah, is it luck or did he say like, "I know I'm close to where I have to be, 
Are my pursuers right behind me? Oh, crash. Luckily, I'm right here. Is he gone? We've lost him. Mm. No, he's oh, right there. he's back. Yeah, I'm he's here. He's there. He's there. Um, my top Tom, if I may. Please. Happened within the first five minutes of the movie. It's a character moment. Tom Cruise is having his nightmare, his prognostication dream. He is awoken by the nuclear explosion, and immediately, the first thing this guy does before he even opens his eyes is he's got a gun by his bed, and he grabs it, and he's ready to go. That's my top Tom. That this guy is that on edge, that ready to, that ready to rumble, that before the eyes are even open, gun in hand. Doesn't he also answer the door in, like, just underwear and a gun? I think he had a shirt on. Okay. But now I feel like I have to go back and check. We got uh, you're in charge of the shirtless report. I mean, I I as the part as being in charge of the fitness report, I, I would have missed that too. But I'm almost certain he was in a in a tank top or a t-shirt of some kind. Yeah, point. I think so. Um, I thought he was wearing flannel pajamas. He might have also been in flannel jams, like a match set. Yeah, nothing he might have been but, in nothing a, but the best <laughs> or or footy pajamas. Big footy pajamas. Yeah, but uh, but like the back part, the button-up thing, it was like was the flap was down. Yeah, yeah. so you see his butt. He doesn't that's show his butt in, in very many movies. So you're, was, you're welcome, ladies. That's right. You got to treasure it. Um, I have a question about this prognostication butts. business. What about it? So he can theoretically see the future. So when he meets his ex-wife again, is he surprised because he's like, "Whoa, my dream came true"? I think the entire time. Some of those double takes are him like reacting to the fact that, holy crap, I dream this. Like he's p- pulling like he's Ving Rhames off to the side like, oh man, I'm having crazy deja vu all day today. Well, first it was the nuclear bombs. They show up, right? And he's like, I just had a dream about nuclear bombs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the really telling thing is that then, in his then dream... Lane, then Lane comes back. Not only does Lane come back, in his dream, Lane had a beard. The last time he saw Solomon, <laughs> saw Solomon Lane, he did not have a beard. Yeah. This guy dreamed the guy's beard. It's, a, it's remarkable, and not enough people are talking about this ability. I mean, quite frankly, that's my top that Tom. That should be your top Tom. Yeah. Yeah. I just said that. My top Tom is a hey, Tom Greg, Cruise. Greg, I think that should be your top Tom, though. It Tom would be Cruise, a really my good top, top Tom, Tom. Is that Ethan Hunt can dream the future. As of Fallout. And who knows what... I mean, he, he's basically edging closer and closer to the character he plays in the future crimes movie called Minority Report. I knew I'd get to it. <laughs> well, how was that? In Minority Report, uh-huh. they can tell when somebody's going to commit a crime. Yeah, but he can't. They get, they, get a, they get the precogs. But I'm saying he's becoming a precog. Ethan Hunt is the is yeah. precog prime. Right. So he's not becoming like his character in the movie Minority Report. He's Fine. becoming, he's becoming like, like the three father other of other characters in the movie in Minority Report. He's becoming it's precisely. He's becoming precog prime. It wouldn't surprise me if he ends up playing he he ends up becoming Max von Sydow in Minority Report and this and all the Mission Impossible he, movies he, are he prequel. passes the matrix of precog prime. Yeah. But okay. he becomes Max von Sydow, and Max. then he's killed by himself in the future, 
the Mission Impossible movies are a prequel to Minority Report. Nobody even knows it yet. It's a theory. We'll see what happens. If the next Mission Impossible movie is called Minority Report, we'll know I was right. This could be. Are the you flat just playing pre- precognitive abilities right now? <laughs> well, no, because David is pointing out that this could be a flat Earth theory as well. I could be a big dumbass, dumbass. Dumb, yeah, <laughs> dumb, dumbass. Add that to the name. Dumbass. Yeah, I was gonna say dumb dumb, and then I was gonna say dumbass, and then I'm like, is dumbass too much of a cuss, a swear word? I've said, young, it, for, said it far too many times for our youngest of listeners. Can't go back now. There's no turning back. There's Tom Cruise movies with cuss words in them. There are. Actually, this one had a lot of cussing for these usually, uh, compared to the others, I think. This one had a couple of shits in it, right? I think there was an uh, F word, too, at one point. When? I don't remember that. I mean, I don't... I'm not, I'm, I, let me rephrase that. Yeah. Take out the, the, the incredulous when. <laughs> and replace it with a... Huh, really? I don't remember that. I I had kind of that huh, really reaction when they did it in the movie, but I'm pretty sure it happened. I think you're right. Now that you've said it in that, the way you just said that, I think I had the same thought. Like, wow, they really said one of those. Yeah. I didn't notice it at all because I just curse all the time <laughs> and just seem normal. All right. Um, any other top toms from anybody? The entire cliffside fight was another, like, Olympic-level human achievement. <laughs> uh, well, just, like, climbing that, up, just everything. Speaking of that, how about he climbs up the rope, then falls down the rope and hits that payload? <laughs> yeah, on the helicopter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was impressive. Yeah. I don't know if that was an, a real stunt that he really did or not. As far as I know, he's done every single stunt every single time. All the stunts, all the times. I was trying I to figure out wrong. if he was actually doing the uh, car stunts, like the stunt driving. I think he does, because I think he's... He definitely did in Jack Reacher. And I think he did his own driving in Days of Thunder. Oh, that was a good the one, guy too. guy likes to drive. Definitely, definitely drove a helicopter. He didn't drive... In Rain Man, because Dustin Hoffman was an excellent driver. And the helicopter so thing, he just kind of winged it well, and figured it out on the go. That's not true. No, I know. It's, I'm making, uh, that was me making a joke. Oof. Thanks that, for um, actually, well, actualing me. Okay. Well, <laughs> now I understand why David is laughing so hard. How about this? Is there any more Top Toms? Nope. All right. I think we should roll right into. Wait, I want to know if if David thought oh, what yeah. you said was funny. Your joke, David. Well, I don't remember think... what the joke was. My joke was that he did the driving in this movie, that movie, but he didn't do the driving in Rain Man because Raymond was an excellent driver. Right. Pretty solid joke, but a little obscure. It's like a ha instead of a like a. Ha ha ha! All right. Also, the name D- of my new podcast. Ha, but not ha 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 ha. Yeah, where we review comedy. Oof, you, that yeah. that's a that's a crowded highway, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of that going on. Um, I say we go right into our next recurring segment, 
Cruise Control. Cruise Control. This is a story about control. Come Cruise. And this time I'm going to do it my way. All right. Cruise Control is the segment wherein and whereupon we talk about what we would change about the movie. Would that we were in control. I can tell you right now, I feel like my cruise controls, I have three of them, uh, might be controversial. You don't say. I think so. I don't, I mean, before we recorded, David, you didn't have any just yet. Have you thought yeah. of any or do you want us to ramble? Uh, I think I'm actually pretty good. All right. Pretty pleased, rather. With the movie. You have nothing you would change with that you were in control. No, but I'll listen to yours and see how I feel after. All right. How many how many controls do you have, Chris? I have one. All right. I'm going to I'm going to start with my two non controversial ones. I'll save my controversial one for last. So you get your two non your, yeah. your, your two non cons. Yeah. Then mine. Yeah. Then your con. Yeah. Okay. All right. First one. Um the the Ilsa Faust storyline. The premise is she she wants to kill Solomon Lane. There's a big mystery as to why she's even there. I would have resolved that a lot faster. Just had her say, I'm here to kill Solomon Lane. And then Ethan Hunt could have said, I feel you. I get it. We need him to get this uranium. As soon as we get the uranium, he's all yours. It would have resolved 20 minutes of the movie. Well, I think you're speaking a little bit to the point of how I don't understand what or why anything happens. Ever. <laughs> and, and and I wouldn't even necessarily... It's not even fair to say that it's specifically about the Mission Impossible movies. It might just be all things in life. <laughs> well, my Ilsa Faust thing is relative to my more controversial opinion, which I'll save. Okay. My other cruise control, and the reason I asked about the turtlenecks, is uh, at the end of the movie he's wearing... That mock turtleneck, or what did you call it, David? Uh, tactical turtleneck. Tactical turtleneck. And uh, that particular choice of shirt threw me for a loop, and here's why. And this is something we don't like to touch upon too much on this show. But when I see Tom Cruise in anything resembling a turtleneck, I think of that video of him discussing his superpowers <laughs> that he has. The superpowers of if I see a car accident, I have to get out and help. Yeah. It's a superpower. There's a video that leaked of him discussing his uh, religious beliefs. And it's very serious and it's very intense. uh, And he's wearing a black turtleneck. And when I saw him in that tactical turtleneck. Was that a leak or was that like a real interview? It's a real interview, but I don't think it was supposed to be. I think it was only for people in the Church of Scientology. I don't think we were supposed to see that. Oh. Mm. But that made me want to join the Church of Scientology. Wasn't that some sort of like a promotional? I mean, I guess it was effective. Tool? I mean, now I'm in. Well. Why do, do you think I even do this podcast? I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I thought it was because of the goof. But now I know it's not. At first, maybe. Things change. But then. What movie was it that this flipped is, This you? is the classic double cross. What movie flip? What movie was it? At what point did you flip? This is new, all news to me. Well, I can't tell you that, Greg. All right. Very well. Just like Ilsa Foss can't 
can't tell Tom Cruise, or rather can't tell Ethan Hunt, what anything. <laughs> anything. <laughs> All right, so those are my two. Those are my two non-controversial. Although those have their own controversies to them. Okay. So Chris, Chris, what's yours? All right. There's a portion of the movie. There's a scene where they got there's three nuclear bombs and they're trying to figure out how do we defuse these bombs? How do we well, stop these bombs from there's going two. off? Well, that, then it becomes two, yeah. And uh, Benji, yeah, is like, oh yeah, I think I finally figured out something. And he's like, we could do this, 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 and then they're like, okay, great. And he says, only thing is, the detonator, the countdown has to be. They have to be armed, and the countdown has to go if we're supposed to defuse them, and we have to defuse them at the same time. And then, and then it starts this like conversation where they just go in a circle. Like, wait, let me understand this right. You're saying we have to defuse them both at the same time? Right. However, the, the bombs have to be armed and a countdown has to be happening? That's right. Hold on a second. You're saying that the countdown has to be happening and then we got to defuse them simultaneously? That's right. And then they, they're going through explaining it. Like, oh, like, I feel like it happened without any pauses in between like three or four times. If I were in control of this movie, I would use that level of explanation and clarity for all the scenes. <laughs> I didn't expect that to be the, the conclusion you were working towards. I, I lost. I disconnected <laughs> from the movie. There's the scene where Benji is fake Lane. Yeah. And and then they're like, all right, we're going to go take Tom... Tom and uh, and Ving Rhames, they they take they Ethan tell Henry Cavill, yeah, they they tell Henry Cavill Walker, they're like, yeah. all right, we're gonna go hand him over, and we're gonna le- or we're gonna take the fake, we're gonna take Benji Fake Lane with us, we're gonna hand him over, trick them into thinking this, and we're gonna leave you here guarding the real lane, and then the second they're gone, Walker starts talking to Lane like. All right, he, you know we, he's revealed as like I'm. He's the ultimate villain in this. Yeah, and and he's talking to Lane. He's like, all right, just give me. It's we're ready to do this. Give me the bombs, and we're. And he's like, no, we have to make sure that Ethan gets blamed for everything. And Walker reacts as if like this is the first time he's heard this, and he's like, why? What is wrong with you? Why do you have to be so, uh, 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 uh something? What's he, he's he's mad he's 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 mad at him and he's like you got to make it so much more difficult than it has to be. Oh, that's when they cussed. Why do you have to make it so effing complicated? Complicated, oh, like, like Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne. Yeah. <laughs> and so then and then and then it's like then he realizes like oh, you're not even the real lane. You're the fake lane, and the real lane is over there. And then he. He walks around the corner. They're all just standing there. Everything's revealed to everybody, including, um, including Angela Bassett over the phone, and Alec Baldwin is there, and like everybody's there. It's like he's caught red hand. Everything's revealed, and then you think, okay, perfect, this is great. And Angela Bassett's like, no, I don't trust. I'm not going to trust any of you. And then the place is surrounded by like 300 people, and everything falls apart. And I can't follow why or how any of that's happening. And then, there were like three sides in that fight too. That sucked. 
<laughs> yeah. I, and then, then a short time later, Tom is now chasing down Walker on foot. And he catches him in the elevator. He's like, and then, and it's like a grate underneath. So he's like, he's yeah. hanging on by his hands. And Walker just takes his gun out and he points it at him like, you, you know, what do you think you're doing? But then Tom's like, you can't, you can't kill me. And Walker says, Lane wants you alive. He's got this whole plan. And I feel like the that information came from Benji. Yeah, I, th- I suppose that's true. Oh, I thought that Benji was just riffing on, like, Lane being obsessive, and it just worked out. That's quite a quite a leap there. Or unless it was... Now, are you saying, what would you, what would you change, though? Or are you just pointing out... I'm just pointing flaw? out, I'm confused. Like, I, I think it's more likely I missed something than they screwed up. Right. I mean, yeah. it's a good... Go ahead, David. Oh, yeah, I was going to say they definitely left a lot out in that bit, but my assumption was that part of Lane's plan was like, by the way, we got to be a real jerk to Ethan Hunt before we set off these nuclear bombs. And Walker's like, fine, Dad, about it. Yeah, like I was in so, the impression So Walker that, knew it already, but he was just like frustrated that he's but, going no, through the same. Walker, yeah. See, Walker was feeding the information to Angela Bassett to frame Ethan Hunt. That was his thing. Yeah, and I so, understood that, but then why did Angela not... Like now that it's all clear, why was she like? I'm I'm still f- leaving you all out, or capturing everybody, or not yeah, going to no, help I anybody. Mean, you make a very good point that in that elevator, he should have shot Ethan Hunt dead instead of like showing him a picture of uh, his ex-wife, which is only going to make him pursue well, well, even. Well, further. he shouldn't. Well. The thing is, if that was if Lane did want to do all this to to torture Ethan, but did Walker know this before Benji said it? I, I would I'm going to say yes, but I still agree with you that once the plan is blown up and once Angela Bassett and the CIA know, then the plan it doesn't matter anymore. Like the the rest of that plan is not a good plan. Anymore. Greg, what is yeah, your controversial agreed. cruise control? All right. My contra- I, first, I, I thought of another one, which is, as in all these movies, <laughs> would, Kittredge. would that I were in charge, Kittredge would have shown up. And I really thought they had a great opportunity in this movie, when they kill off Alex Baldwin's character of Hunley, they could have brought Kittredge back. back. Oh, man, that'd been so good. Right? But they didn't do that, so I still hold that hope that Kittredge will return. Because... By this point, he's probably seen Ethan pretty... He would have seen Ethan very upset, particularly in Mission Impossible 3, where he <laughs> was very upset. Um, all right, here's my controversy. Maybe, maybe that's the thing, is it? he was so frightened by the idea that he had never seen him very upset. <laughs> that he just quit? He was, like, he was like, oh my God, I thought he was upset. But there's, there's, there's like so many more levels above beyond this that he's capable of. I don't think I want to be around to witness it. It's possible. Now, that said, I did see the actor who played Kittredge showed up on the show Quantico. And I was very excited about that. But then the show could not hold my interest. And I don't know what became of the actor who played Kittredge. You've never seen me very interested. That's right. That's right. All right. Here's my controversial one. And uh, like the kids say, don't at me. But you can. I don't really know what don't at me means. David? (laughs) Uh, It's when you say something... Controversial and completely unsupportable, but you don't want anybody to tell you that you're wrong. All right. 
you guys can tell me I'm wrong. You guys are going <laughs> to tell me I'm wrong because based on your top toms, I'm wrong. Here's my controversial take. I feel like all the set pieces could have been five to eight minutes shorter. <laughs> the car chase with the motorcycles could have been shorter. The helicopter thing could have been shorter. The, 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 the action scenes, when they get that long, feel repetitive and, and redundant. And the movie was... Repetitive and redundant. Yeah. Yeah. Repetitive and redundant. Yeah. Figure, pun intended-ish. Repetitive and redundant. <laughs> yeah. Particularly I'll give the, you that one. Was, Right? Like, like when, they, when they bust Solomon Lane out, and then he's just like being chased through town. Then it becomes another chase when they're in the little car. It's just like chase after... It's the same movement over and over again. They it would also cut tiresome. to... They would cut to interior shots and then cut back to Tom Cruise running through wherever he's running. It's like a scene change kind of thing, which was a little bit cheap, I felt, when I noticed it. Sure. Yeah, there's the um, running when he's chasing uh, Walker. Like, they're all, they yeah. just all went on long. And the movie is two and a half hours, and it could have been two hours and 15, two hours and five. So you're saying by doing this, uh, the, 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 the magic of movie editing, they made it seem like he was... Sprinting full speed for like three miles straight. Yeah, he ran a 5K easily. <laughs> there's, definitely, there's definitely that. And it's also, again, a case of we get it. The guy runs, and it's great when he runs. He's got perfect, near-perfect form. Look, he didn't take his shirt off. But it's, it's more a case of particularly the car chases. Like, I thought the fight in the bathroom was just long enough. Yeah. And there were enough, and there were enough like, stake-raising moments that you didn't get bored with the fight, like they'd fight, and then there was like the party guys would come in, and then there was the thing in the bathroom stall. Like it moved around and felt non-repetitive. But the car chases, the helicopter chase, even the fight on the mountainside, we already saw him fall down a carabiner rope thing once, and then it happens again on the ma- like it was the same kinds of stuff, again and again. Oh, he's shooting with the Gatling gun, and then he evades it, and then he shoots with the Gatling gun, and then it's just like, so I would have cut the action scenes. And I know that that goes against the spirit of these movies as big Hollywood summer action franchises. But I stand by my decision because I think movies could stand to be a little tighter. I agree with that one. I I still haven't seen The Last Lord of the Rings because it was like three hours long. Like right before that came out, The Return of the King. Yeah, that thing is tedious as F. Yeah. Um, I did come up with one minor cruise control that's probably not that controversial because I doubt anybody really noticed. Oh, let's see. Uh, So the White Widow is the daughter of Max from the first movie. She is, right? Yeah, which is cool, but like completely unnecessary. uh, So you wouldn't make her the daughter of Max? No, I would cut out all that whatever, you know, 10, 15 minutes of subplot was and just be like, oh, she's an arms dealer. Like, that's fine. That's fair. I did question, like, wait, I remember the name Max, and I remember Max being a woman. And then I wasn't sure if I was remembering correctly, so it did take me out of the, of the narrative briefly. And it, did, it also yeah, there was makes no her seem more important than she ended up being. I was like, oh, she'll be involved in the final plot somehow or, like, the last fight. But instead, she was just kind of there to, like, make Tom Cruise think about killing cops. Well, she's a red herring, clearly. Yeah. 
which is fine. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't pay off. Um, well, she wound up actually being a a good guy. Well, she's she's she goes where the money is. Yeah, isn't she working with the CIA? Yeah, or the they were paying her. But she was also but then paying. She's, but she's also fine with like killing cops. Yeah, she was fine with selling uranium to a name. To a guy she had never seen. But then at the end, at the end of the movie, everyone's all like, all right, yeah, they're all smiling at each other. Yeah, that's great. And she's part of that. She, you're supposed to go like, oh, yeah. She's. But she wasn't there for that. There was uh, but she was the one who picked up Lane, put him in the trunk. Or dropped off Lane. She was involved in that handoff somehow. Yeah, she was in the handoff for Lane for the uranium. But no, at the end of the movie, too, when uh, Angela Bassett's showing Tom Cruise that everything's okay now. But isn't Lane dead at that point? Oh, who did she hand off then? She had something to do with how Ilsa got free from um, being like a rogue agent. I think they just told... Lane didn't die. He didn't? No. Oh, yeah, no, he didn't. He got choked, but he was just passed out. Walker died. All right, I'm adding a new... A new cruise control. They should have killed Lane. (laughs) It's it's all going to get very long in the tooth. Oh, it's going to be like he's another the, Batman the, comic with the, the Joker. Joker in it. It's like <laughs> the Joker can't be the bad guy every time. Part of what made these movies cool is like the new bad guy every time. And they're sort of like distinct and unique. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you, if it becomes a continuity thing, which is what is happening when they make she's connected to Max, blah, blah. It's becoming um, there's there's a slippery slope to becoming a bad comic book series. If they get too hung up on this continuity nonsense. Yeah, and even bringing Rebecca it. Ferguson back as Ilsa. Like, I liked Ilsa, but I didn't think they had much of a connection in that movie. Right, and there was no real story function to her except an extra thing to layer on top of, which is, again, going we to my needed, first cruise control. a love triangle. But there's not love oh, there. Yeah. There's, like, there's, like, mutual respect and, like, admiration. In these I two think movies, they, they retroactively made it love. Because she has that line where it's like, oh, you could have come with me when I quit. And he's like, I couldn't have. I'm a superhero. Or right. whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the whole part where uh, 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 Luther's telling her, like, look, let me tell you something. You did all the kid about two women in his whole life. And now I sound like Rocky. But... <laughs> 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 But the whole, like, I think that whole thing is is about like, look, he really cares about you a lot. Yeah. And that then, is that, the and then it all just dovetails into like, oh, now there's both the both of the girls are here. Right. Well, awkward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Two yeah, days to the prom. It's a real Archie uh, Jug Archie Betty Veronica situation, and Luther is Jughead. <laughs> I could see it. Yeah. Right. He does have Lane uh, is Mr. Kind of a Weatherby. similar taste in hats. They do have a similar taste in hats, and Lane is Mr. Weatherby, and uh, Simon Pegg, Benji. Man, that was a shot in the dark because I don't know anything about Archie Comics. And Benji is Hot Dog. Which Would is Henry Jughead's Cavill dog. be Moose? Henry Cavill's Reggie, yeah. Reggie or Moose. Oh, Reggie. Okay. Yeah, yeah Moose, Moose doesn't really... I guess Alec Baldwin would be Moose. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the physique alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how we keep going after Alec Baldwin's physique, and e- Ving Rhames is probably twice his size. Yeah, but Ving Rhames doesn't look weird, so 
Well, I think Rangers Honestly, just... that's why they need to bring Jeremy Renner back so they have some place, someone for me to off uh, offload all this aggression on. <laughs> <laughs> like Baldwin's just an innocent bystander. <laughs> I don't know if Alec Baldwin's an innocent bystander. Yeah. There's there's plenty of reasons to, to come down on him. What is, Did what his, is his death role? seem like his contract was up and they didn't want to renew? It's possible, or they just needed some consequence since they weren't going to kill Solomon Lane. Yeah. Uh, Alec Baldwin is his is Ethan Hunt's handler. It's the character okay. that Kittredge was in the first well, movie. Well, he basically said in the first scene, like, I'm going to be dead by the end of this movie. Because <laughs> he's like, I know you're the guy that can that'll, that'll make sure that that I'm, I'm okay. So he says something very... Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very telegraphed. It's telegraphed if... Any other, any other cruise controls, gang? Or should we leave this segment to the dust? Let's leave it in the dust. Dust it. All right. Whew. That felt like a Mission Impossible, right? How about it, guys? Right? Yeah, the Fallout's going to kill me. How about it? Is there going to be another one of these Mission Impossible movies? Thoughts? Should there be? Should this be the last one? No. There will be more. This should not be the last one. How many more should there be? Keep in mind, Tom Cruise is now 56 years old. He has at least two other movies in the pipeline. Top Gun 2 and then whatever the next Doug Lyman thing is going to be. I think he could do this into his 60s. Into his 60s? Still running around like that? I mean, if he's like almost 60 and if he's 55 or whatever and he's still doing all this... He could cut back and still do more than Steven Seagal was doing in his prime. But even Paul Newman slowed down, and that guy was in great shape. Yeah. I know, well, I don't think he'll still be doing halo jumps and stuff. But <laughs> Even regular men, though, like in their 70s, can still run. He'll always be yeah. able to run in these movies. But as each one of these movies has escalated the stakes each time, like the stunts get bigger, the set pieces get bigger, he's only getting older. As fit as he is, as capable as he is, the body is human. The machine will start to say, slow your roll, bro. Is he going to kill himself making these movies? Yes. He's going to kill himself? <laughs> he's gonna... like, not on purpose, but like if that's how he wants to go out, that's how he wants to go out. No, he's he's going to kill himself or die trying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly. Well, would there be a point at which... You could see him making a pivot, like he would become the Alec Baldwin type character, hand off the crazy stunt stuff to uh, a younger up-and-comer. It seems like that would be a logical choice. Or would he say, well, the whole point of this was so I could have fun being the guy. This isn't fun being Alec Baldwin. I think he would still be Alec Baldwin, but there would be like one moment in each movie where he gets to do some ridiculous stunt. Let me ask you this. What about this idea? This is an interesting one. So in a movie called Star Wars Rogue One, a Star Wars movie. You guys seen that? Yes. No. So it, is that really what it was called? No, it's called Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Ah. Uh, Have you not seen Rogue One? No, I skipped it. All right. Can I spoil some stuff about Rogue One? Yeah, feel free. All right. In Rogue One, Peter Cushing is in this movie. That's right. Peter Cushing is walking around, talking. He's in the movie. He sure is. Alive in the flesh. Now, Peter Cushing's been dead for a long time. What's to stop Thomas 
Cruz, Maypother the fourth, all five foot seven and a half of them, from creating a perfect CGI replica of himself at age sixty. Well, they do make those masks. No, but I'm saying he becomes a construct. <laughs> he gets somebody to do the, to do the stunts, and then they just like. His face on top of it. Not even his face. They just create a whole robot version, a CGI version of him. Like, all the stuff in the movie is him in a green, is somebody in a green suit running around. He does the ADR, the voice recording. They put a CG Tom Cruise, and they can make these movies forever, even after he's dead. Could we even have Ethan Hunt versus Ethan Hunt? Of course you can. You can give one of them I'm a down. goatee, like in wow. Chris's favorite show, Star well, Trek. Well, he did that in, Lo- in uh, Logan. They had Hugh Jackman versus Hugh Jackman. I haven't seen Logan. Spoilers? Yeah, whatever. I'm sure he's... I know I know how it ends. I don't know if you do. I've heard, I heard... He wins the heavyweight title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard he D-I-E's. That's what I heard. Well, it's a D-W-I. Okay. Both equally bad. Yep. True. It's true. Um... So what are the chances of that happening? Where he's like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just let myself be the star of this movie forever. And uh, my kids can live off of this franchise once I'm, after I'm gone. Yeah, I think he would. Like, to an extent. I think, like, CG's only getting better and better. Right. So we, he would still do one or two, like, oh, he did a Halo Jump type stunts. But then, like, the day-to-day, like might break your foot stuff he could just outsource to his cgi self yeah for double the royalties i'll say this if he wasn't planning on doing that i bet you he is now after he listens to us you mean yeah we put the idea in his head and we've opened up a whole world of possibility a whole new world don't you dare close your eyes it feels good to contribute in such a major way to the franchise. Thank you. We'll see you all again. Sleep tight. <laughs>